0: Yo yo yo! What is going on? It's your humble correspondent, John Ross Marcus Cox, coming back to you with the way too much JMC podcast. Hope well, everybody's had a great week, man. I'm coming at you today with a pretty, uh, pretty tough story to talk about. It's pretty ridiculous we're even having this conversation. Um, I guess I'll start you off. You know, let's just start off right here. Let's just jump right into it. So. Yesterday, a federal judge temporarily blocked the portion of a law that would ban gender-affirming care, including puberty blockers for Kentucky's transgender youth, seven transgender youth, and their families, sued the state in May, challenging the medical portion of Senate Bill 150 here in Kentucky and asking for temporary injunctive relief. The families who use pseudonyms in the lawsuit argued the new law violates both plaintiffs and their parents' individual protected rights under the 14th Amendment. That was from the Lexington Herald leader. I'm going to jump over here to that little thing from the Courier-Journal, hopefully. Well, maybe not. So, yeah. I just want to jump right into this decision from Federal Judge David Hale who was a Obama appointee and some of y'all may remember it was actually the judge that refused to dismiss the lawsuit claiming that Trump had incited violence whenever he had told the security guards down at a trump rally here in Louisville to get them out of there because they were disrupting the rally and trying to trying themselves to incite violence okay but you're gonna see once we get through all this thing that our our federal our federal our core system is just so I mean Our constitution doesn't need to be thrown out. What needs to be thrown out is just this idea of court. I don't know if we reset court precedents every 100 years or something or what, but like the problem with our constitution and our country is the delineation from the constitution. Just from these random ass people deciding how they want to interpret interpret things. So back to that thing from the the Courier Journal, this is from an article. Uh, put out there by Olivia Krauth. So, opponents of SB-150 and other anti-LGBTQ plus measures celebrated Wednesday's injunction. A bill that would have rigged havoc tomorrow was thwarted by the U.S. Constitution today. Banned conversion therapy Kentucky Executive Director Rebecca Blankenship and Government Affairs Director Michael Frazier said in a joint statement on Wednesday. As we have said many times and as the ACLU proved with their suit, bans on sex reassignment surgeries for minors are perfectly appropriate and uncontested by every pro-LGBT organization in this commonwealth, but puberty blockers and hormone therapies save lives. This will be a breath of air for trans youth whose admissions to inpatient psychiatric care facilities dramatically spiked after the 2023 legislative session, they said. So I don't overbake a blank This ban, but, you know, Conversion therapy, that's a topic for a whole other discussion, a whole other show. On how ridiculous that what the definition of that is that they they want to like act like is conversion therapy but it you know it is relevant to this topic because basically doctors once you say you're homosexual or once you say you're trans they literally cannot even say anything to the contrary without it being considered you trying to con you trying to convert them but i do know michael frazier and he you know it seems like me and him agree on several things you know, I just think, you know, I don't, he's, I don't know how he's missing the boat on this, on this one so hard, so, uh, so much, you know, but like it is, it is what it is. And a lot of Republicans will think, think that he's conservative and they, they treat him like, that, you know, I mean, I like the dude. I mean, we get along. That doesn't mean like, that doesn't mean I have to agree with shit he says politically. I mean, I'm not that like, uh, that like backwards to where like i can't like i can't like somebody that i disagree with on everything politically right but yeah let's just jump right in let's just jump right into this uh this decision for injunctive relief to stop this portion of sb 152 from going into effect so this lawsuit challenges the constitutionality of kentucky senate bill 150 which was enacted over the governor's veto on march 29 2023. Plaintiffs, which is seven transgender minors and their parents, sued the state officials responsible for enforcing SB 150, alleging that the law's prohibition on the use of puberty blockers and hormones violates the Equal Protection Clause and Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment. We'll talk about the 14th Amendment again here in a few minutes. Defendants William C. Thornberry, Audrey Danker, and Eric Friedlander, they're with the One's the president of the Kentucky Board of Medical Licensure, the other one's the president of the Kentucky Board of Nursing, and the other one is the secretary for the Cabinet of Health and Family Services. Do not oppose the requested injunction. Oh, I mean, listen, listen, guys. Our med- the medical, the entire medical industry establishment is like the deep state. I mean, they're they're an, they're an enemy. They're an enemy of the people. They absolutely there is no there is no good thing that can be preserved. From them in, any longer. We I mean, we have to we have to come to this realization and stop like holding on to hope that maybe we can make them uh, turn from their evil ways. Danker and Thornberry note that it would behoove KBML, KBN licensees, and their patients for the court to grant the injunction and maintain the status quo pending final ruling on the merits of the suit to avoid potentially unnecessary cost, time, and harmful exposure should plaintiffs be successful. Attorney General Daniel Cameron, who is, permit, who is permitted to intervene on behalf of the Commonwealth of Kentucky, maintains that injunctive relief is not warranted. I hope, I mean, Daniel Cameron, this is your winning issue right here, brother. Go hard in the paint on this topic all the way to November because the people in, in this state, all the people in this state, are behind you on this. I can't say all. We have we obviously got some crazy lunatics, but th- this issue right here is proof positive for all those Democrats out there that thought Andy Bashir was the good old boy Democrat, you know, the Democrat of the 1990s and the Bill Clinton Democrat. Hell no, he ain't. He is a left wing lunatic liberal, straight out of California, Nancy Pelosi's house. All right, like the. I mean, there's no differentiation anymore. <clears throat> After careful consideration, David Hale David states, the court finds that plaintiffs have shown a strong likelihood of success on the merits of their constitutional challenges to SB 150 and otherwise meet the requirements for preliminary injunctive relief. The minor plaintiffs are three transgender boys and four transgender girls who live in Kentucky. Six are currently receiving treatments that would be banned under SB 150, while the seventh anticipates needing to receive those treatments when she begins puberty which could occur at any time. The plaintiffs also reside in Kentucky. Here's the big part. This is the part we have to keep coming back to. Plaintiffs challenge s- state code 4.2A and B of SB 150. Under those provisions, a healthcare provider shall not, this is, the, this is the, all they're challenging, a healthcare provider shall not, for the purpose of attempting to alter the appearance of, or to al- or to validate a minor's perception of the minor's sex, if that appearance or perception is inconsistent with the minor's sex, knowingly. So, the healthcare provider shall not prescribe or administer any drug to delay or stop n- normal puberty, or prescribe or administer testosterone, estrogen, or progestos- progesterone in amounts greater than would normally be produced endogenously in a healthy person of the same age and sex. Okay, so this isn't outright banning. This isn't outright banning puberty blockers or hormone treatments. It's literally only banning them in the instances for the purpose of attempting to alter the appearance of a kid. Okay, like, all right, right, little boy, you, you think your girl wear dresses all day? Put them high heels on, bruh. I don't care. We don't care. But your parent can't stop you from going through male puberty and, castra- basically, and basically medically castrate you. Nor can they pump you full of estrogen so you start growing boobs. Okay? So so it's they can only not do it to alter the appearance of for the purpose of attempting to alter the appearance of or to validate a minor's perception. Perception means like Oh, man, I got this, I got a pecker and balls hanging between my legs, but, man, I, I I feel like a chick. Brother, I don't give a damn what you feel like. You got a pecker and balls. And I don't even feel like, I don't feel unchristian like saying it like that. It just is what it is. I feel like right now, we live in a world where we got to be, we got to be crude sometimes to get, you know, to get our point across. And so, that's what I'm doing. That's why I'm saying it like that. I'm trying to get my screen fixed. There we go. So let's remember that at all times. Under no circumstances. They're not even saying that a trant, that somebody who thinks, if it's a boy that they thinks they're a girl. Okay. But there's some other medical diagnosis that, di- diagnosis that would require them to go on hormone treatments or puberty blockers that they can't have them. It's just saying you straight up, you can't give kids hormone blockers or, or whatever or hormone treatments solely because they think there's something that they ain't. The judge goes on to say the use of purity blockers or hormones in minors for other purposes is not restricted. What I just said, the relevant licensing or certifying agency must revoke the licensure or certification of any healthcare provider found to have violated subsection SB one fifty. Also permits a civil action to recover damages for injuries suffered as a result of a violation of the treatment Banned to be brought by age 30 or within three years of discovery that the injury or damages were caused by the violation. Plaintiffs allege that SB 150 violates the Equal Protection Clause by singling out transgender minors and prohibiting them from obtaining medically necessary treatment based on their sex and transgender status. Again. Their sex and transgender status. I don't think constitutionally any of our founding fathers would have ever even the word transgender stat the word transgender status they'd have been like what are you talking about like we're we're literally breaking from England because we're being oppressed and taxed out the ass and being persecuted for wanting to worship Jesus what do you mean transgender status the parent plaintiffs additionally alleged that SP one hundred and fifty violates their right to make decisions concerning the care custody and control of their children under the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment. Based on the evidence submitted, the court finds that the treatments barred by SB 150 are medically appropriate and necessary for some transgender children under the evidence-based standard of care accepted by all major medical organizations. couple things. Evidence, evidence-based standard of care. If you hear a Republican using those terms, they are not to be trusted. If a Republican or conservative says evidence-based standard of care and they're okay with using that term, they are not to be trusted. They still believe in the old way of doing things. And it's accepted by all major medical organizations in the United States. Yeah, and guess what? All major medical organizations are owned by Big Pharma. They're all in the bit. I mean, the the left was just like anti-capitalist like five seconds ago. Like there are no independent doctors anymore. They all work for these huge mega hospitals that are only they're only worried about being for profit. It's all they're worried about is making money. Okay, like anybody who lived through COVID knows that they're gonna get their bread. They are still recommending the COVID jab for kids. Still. Andy Bashir would still recommend every kid in this state get that jab. Even though there's been eighteen kids since March of 2020 die die with that virus. Most of them was fat or had diabetes or something. Amicus brief of more than twenty organizations including, and there's listen, these are all these all these all these organizations are all enemies the American Academy of Pediatrics, the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry, the American Medical Association, the Endocrine Society, the Pediatric Endocrine Endocrine Society, the Society for Adolescent Health and Medicine, and the World Professional Association for Transgender Health. They're all enemies. These drugs have a long history of safe use in minors for various conditions. It is undisputed that puberty blockers and hormones are not given to pre-pubertal children with gender dysphoria. Okay? Here's the problem. This lawsuit is literally saying once once a treatment is being used by a doctor and a parent is claiming that it's helping or they're claiming that it's helping, they're arguing that the state legislature cannot step in and say that it's, it's immoral or illegal to be or, or be made illegal to use. So the fact that blockers and hormones are not given to pre-pu- pre-pubertal children with gender dysphoria. If, even if that's the case, we still need to ban it because this this lawsuit in and of itself is arguing that once something is used in that way, the state is not it's not in their purview to come in and stop it from happening anymore. So we have it's saying it's saying that they have to act ahead of time, but then a court would say there's no standing for law because it isn't happening. In deciding whether to issue a preliminary injunction, the court balances four factors. One, whether the movant has, a, whether the movement, movant, whatever, has a strong likelihood of success on the merits, whether the movement would suffer irreparable injury without the injunction, whether issuance of the injunction would cause substantial harm to others, whether the public interest would be served by issuance of the injunction. Whether the movement would suffer irreparable injury without the injunction. Let me remind everybody of something here. With if this injunction was not put into place, decades of studies, decades of them, show that somewhere between sixty-five and ninety-four percent of transgender kids eventually cease to identify as transgender. By irreparable harm, you'll see in a minute, they're literally talking about like uh like in the here and now. Like they're not even considering long term effects. They're only thinking about short term effects. And that's listen, that's indicative of the left. Everything's short term. Everything's emotional. Every it's that trophy culture, all kids get trophies, believe all women. Trust, trust the science, believe kids, all that bullshit, it's all about, like, what makes me feel good right now, not what is best for me in the long term. Of these, the likelihood of success on the merits is often the the determinative factor, particularly when a constitutional violation is alleged. Here, as explained below, plaintiffs have demonstrated a strong likelihood of success as as to each of their claims. Okay, so likelihood of success on the merits. Number one, equal protection. The parties dispute what level of scrutiny applies to plaintiffs' claims. As to their equal protection claim, plaintiffs maintain that SB 150 discriminates on the basis of sex and therefore is subject to heightened scrutiny. The court, the court agrees with plaintiffs both that heightened scrutiny applies and that SB 150 cannot survive it. And I've done shows before about heightened scrutiny. About heightened scrutiny, we'll talk about. We'll go into it a little more deep, a little deeper in a minute. <coughs> SB 150 prohibits the use of purity blockers or hormones for the purpose of attempting to alter the appearance of or to validate a minor's perception of the minor sex if that appearance or perception is inconsistent with the minor sex. It defines sex as the biological indication of male and female as evidenced by sex chromosomes, naturally occurring sex hormones, gonads, and non-ambiguous internal and external genitalia present at birth. In other words, the minor sex at birth determines whether or not the minor can receive certain types of medical care under the law. SB 150 therefore discriminates on the basis of sex and high scrutiny is required. Now listen to this for a second. The minor sex at birth determines whether or not the minor can receive certain types of medical care under the law. Of course it does. What, What the hell is this dude even talking about? I mean, your biological sex comes into play in all kinds of Treatments, all kinds of drugs. I mean, like, do we want women to be able to demand chemotherapy when they're pregnant or something? I mean, like, I mean, certain drugs are have different side effects in males than they do females. You take that in consideration. Sometimes it may be that it's the determining factor. And again, it's not saying the minor sex determines whether they can get this treatment. What it's saying is when determining treatment, it can't solely be based on a damn lie that the kid is something that they ain't. That one was for a state rep, the first state rep I know, that ain't was for you. If you are not a female, you are not a female. If you have a pecker in a ball sack, you are not a female. If you have a vagina, you are not a male. I know there's some like outlying circumstances out here when it comes to chromosomes or whatever. But well, like we we don't we can't legislate to the fringes. But even with like, even with hot and scrutiny, okay? So the government has to show up with heightened scrutiny, the government has to show like a much higher standard of for why they're doing something than in other circumstances, basically. The judge was going to say it's impossible to discriminate against a person for being transgender without discriminating against the individual based on sex. That's only the case if you agree that being trans has anything to do with your sex. We're literally arguing like we're arguing that it has not, being trans has nothing to do with your sex. That's what, I'm, that's what we're saying. Holding that discrimination based on transgender status easily constitutes sex discrimination for purposes of the Clause. Again, I'll say it again. Our founding fathers certainly were not trying to include disc- discriminating discrimination on the basis of sex to include a boy that thinks he's a girl or vice versa. They obviously were not meaning that. The Commonwealth offers a number of super, superficial arguments to the contrary, none of which are persuasive. First, the Commonwealth attempts to distinguish Bostock's reasoning as limited to the Title VII context. But the Sixth Circuit found out a few decades ago that discrimination based on transgender status easily constitutes sex discrimination for purposes of the Protection Clause. The Commonwealth's attempt to distinguish Smith on the ground that the challenge provisions have nothing to do with sex stereotypes also fails. SB 150 prohibits the use of puberty blockers and hormones only to support an appearance of perception of sex that is inconsistent with the minor sex, where, i.e. where the appearance or perception does not match the stereotype associated with the minor's natal sex. Regardless of its stated purpose, then SB-150 would have the effect of enforcing gender conformity. I want everyone to think about it a second. Regardless of its stated purpose, SB-150 would have the effect of enforcing gender conformity. Historically, when we talk about gender conformity, or when we talk about gender nonconformity, what we have been talking about and what has long been established, gender non-conformity means like you're a butch ass lesbian. Okay? Or you're or you're a dude that dresses like a chick. Okay? Or that you're a, a woman that is the CEO of a company and doesn't want to do ha- like doesn't want to be a homemaker. That's gender nonconforming and nobody's trying. Like, l- Listen, do I think it's awful you let your little boy wear dresses around? If, if like, Especially if it's just making you feel better. Yes, I do. Do I want do I want a young child or whatever or, a, or an adult to be, not be able to express themselves in any way they want in any way they see fit? As far as, like, aesthetically, I don't want there to be any restrictions on that. This judge is literally trying to change the definition of gender conformity to mean that we are not allowed to tell a little boy with a penis that they're a little boy. That's literally what Judge David Hale is saying. Literally. fuck them, them on that show, National Parks, or whatever whatever it was called. Oh, I missed the word. Hold on. Finding that similar law discriminated on the basis of gender nonconformity where the, sta- where the statute prohibited beauty blockers only for transgender children, not for anyone else, and sex stereotypes based on a person's gender nonconforming behavior hereby barring access to certain medical treatment only to those for whom the treatment is intended to result in non-stereotypical appearance. Is permissible discrimination for is impermissible discrimination for purposes of equal protection clause. So this is literally saying that a parent should be able to give a little boy puberty blockers to keep them from going through puberty, and that even though sixty five there's a sixty five to ninety four percent chance that they're going to grow out of this, will have at least equal of of a chance, maybe greater of never been able to go through puberty and have and like if they do grow out they have a penis and it's unusable and they're like they have an immense amount of shame around it their whole life it's that it's saying that they the judge is saying if you simply want to give your kid puberty blockers or hormone treatments to change their appearance but for no other medical reason you should be able to so a doctor could still prescribe puberty blockers you know, but it's like, so, a doctor could still prescribe puberty blockers as long as it wasn't solely based on a kid feeling like the creator of the freaking universe got it wrong when he put a penis between his legs. That's all, I mean, they literally could still prescribe them for any other reason. This is a total fabrication and, a, and an assault on our Constitution as the United States. That SP1PD applies equally to boys and girls does not change the fact that the biological sex of the minor patient is the basis on which the law distinguishes between those who may receive certain types of medical care and those who may not No, You, you, you can give these treatments to any male or any female you want as long as it's not solely to change a perceived gender or solely to change the appearance of a perceived gender. But like, I mean, they're they're literally trying to flip it upside down. The abortion and pregnancy cases cited by the Commonwealth are in, are inapposite. In those cases, unlike this one, the law or policy at issue did not bar access to treatment for some patients, but not others, depending on the patient's sex. For all these reasons, the court concludes. As has every other federal court to consider this question, that heightened scrutiny applies to plaintiff's equal protection claim. To survive heightened scrutiny, so we're going... Here it is. To survive heightened scrutiny, a party seeking to uphold government action based on sex must establish an exceedingly persuasive justification for the classification. Under this standard, the Commonwealth must show at least that the classification serves important governmental objectives and that discriminatory means employed are substantially related to the achievement of of those objectives. The justification must be genuine, not hypothesized, or invented, post-hoc in response to litigation. David Hale, Mr. Judge, kiss our ass, kiss my ass, kiss our asses. Is there a more important governmental objective than protecting our children from evil psychopaths that want to castrate them or prevent them from going through the most important physiological event their bodies will ever undergo. Is there a more important governmental objective? If that is not abuse, it's, this, it's the single most important event your body will go through in, its entire, in, in your entire life if preventing your child from going through that solely because they feel like they're a girl a boy feels like they're a girl in that moment when you know it could totally it could stunt that growth forever and listen you can't just start puberty back the same way you can't just learn to read as quick as you want when you're 35. between five and nine we know that's whenever you learn to read when you learn a, a foreign language if you want to use it, if you learn it quick between five and nine we know that we know puberty occurs of the time in this little window. You can't start it and stop it. We don't live in a vacuum. As said in the Commonwealth's response brief, the stated justifications for SB 150 are, are, here's the objectives it says, protecting children, protecting vulnerable groups from abuse, neglect, and mistakes, and protecting the integrity and ethics of the medical profession. The judge is going to say the Commonwealth fails to show the ban imposed by S-150 is substantially related to the achievement of those objectives. Are those objectives any more relevant right now than they've ever been? All through this COVID thing. I mean, we have saw the left. I mean, the left has gone full bore on all of their social agenda stuff. Gender ideology, medical ethics, like all, all that stuff. Like I said, they're still they're still encouraging little kids to get the COVID jab. They literally were they were taking. I'm sorry, I keep you somewhere literally. I'm like I'm on I'm on one now. They were shaming doctors for trying to go off label with things like ivermectin. Whenever what they whenever those off label treatments weren't hurting anybody, that's the whole purpose of, of like being a. Internal medicine, internal medical doctor or family uh, family physician. They're encouraged to go off label. As long as they're following the, the Hippocratic Oath and do, and do, and first do no harm. They were shaming people, shaming doctors for that and revoking their medical licenses for using treatments because they wanted to protect big pharma, because they had them big contracts for them vaccines. First, there is no evidence of any abuse, neglect, or mistakes protected against it by SP 150. No evidence, no evidence that keeping a little boy from going through puberty wouldn't be abuse and neglect. Have you, I mean, have you seen the suicidality rate on, for trans people? Have you Googled that recently? No evidence of any abuse, neglect, or mistakes. Well, how about this? Between 65 and 94 percent of trans kids grow out of their transgender identity. That, but in order to be trans, somebody had to tell me they were trans, and most likely it was a doctor. That's the exact definition of a mistake. You said they were trans, and they said they're not. Now, my bad. No harm, no foul. Unless you gave them puberty blockers, and now they got a micro penis. Now there is a foul. Nor is the protection of children in general sufficiently persuasive justification given that the statute allows the same treatments for cisgender minors. Again, I th- what we're saying here when it comes to these treatments is you just can't take trans identity into, into account whatsoever. It, or at least it's, it can't be the sole reason. I know some of y'all may not know this, but like there are accepted treatments for pretty much every drug out there. And there are unaccepted treatments for pretty much every drug out there. And those change over time. We're saying it's trans and cis don't matter. The word minor is what matters. If it's a minor, you can't give them puberty blockers or hormone treatment solely because they think the little boy thinks they're a girl, the girl thinks they're a boy, and their parents are idiots. And don't have the mental or emotional fortitude to love on their babies enough. And give them some value. Show their value in themselves. I've always stopped giving every kid a trophy every time they walk on the court. Says the same treatments for cisgender minors. So, finding finding stated jur- justification for similar law to be pretextual because the law allows the same treatments for cisgender minors that are banned for transgender minors, so long as the desired results conform with the stereotype of the minors' to sex. Stereotype. Stereotypes aren't real. There may be some truth to them. There's stereotypes around rednecks. Guess what? Some of them's true, some of them ain't. Your biological sex is not a stereotype, you idiot. David Hell, you are a freaking idiot. You live here in my city. If you ever see me, I will tell you your face. Your existence on this earth, you just gave it over to the devil. The calmest purported concern for the integrity and ethics of the medical profession is likewise unpersuasive. Underpinning this argument is the Attorney General's characterization of puberty blockers and hormones as huge moneymakers, based on a news article from Tennessee containing that phrase. Arguing that alternative treatments would mean those who reap the financial benefits of prescribing puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones huge moneymakers would have to stop injecting them in children with gender dysphoria. And that would mean no more lifelong patients who must continuously take these profitable drugs. But the quote in question was from a video of one Vanderbilt University Medical Center doctor in 2018 saying these types of surgeries bring in a lot of money and later saying that female to male body surgeons are huge money makers. As acknowledged in the final paragraph of the Commonwealth's response brief, surgery procedures are not at issue in this case. The Commonwealth offers no evidence that other providers prescribe purity blockers or hormones primarily for financial gain as to patients, as opposed to patients' well-being, and the court makes no such presumption. Again, the lifelong patients begin when you, when you stunt a little dude's growth and he has a micropenis. Of course he's more likely to end up wanting to get his junk cut off because it's this big or it's inverted or something. In order to have the patients that are willing to do that stupid that stupid stuff, of course they want to have patients that are more likely. I'm from Southeast Kentucky. My dad died of a drug overdose. Don't try telling me. That Purdue Pharma wasn't pumping out OxyContin, or the, the Sackler family wasn't pumping OxyContin purely for the benefit of the Sackler family. Don't tell me you're not still pushing these COVID jabs because you gave them billions and billions of dollars to big pharma to develop them. Of course, that it has, there's money. That the, I mean, you're le- you're a left you're a left wing person. You've been saying for a hundred years that capitalism has corruptions in it. I'm agreeing with you. Nor do the quoted studies from some European countries questioning the efficacy of the drugs or anecdotes from a handful of detransitioners support banning the treatments entirely as SB150 would do. It does not ban them entirely. It only bans them if it's only to to transition the kids that think they're little boys or to stop their development because they think they're the opposite sex that's the only time it bans them the only time there's a whole slew of other of other reasons they can give them they can still do it this i mean these judges uh, listen they're just all like people have lost the ability to critical think critically think or to hold a thought for longer than a page Doctors currently decide, based on the widely accepted standard of care, Republicans do not use that word, that, or that phrase. It can no longer be used. Standard of care. No longer. Whether puberty blockers or hormones are appropriate for a particular patient, far from protecting the integrity and ethics of the medical profession, SB-150 would prevent doctors from acting in accordance with the applicable standard of care. Right? Standard of care. Standard of care. The Commonwealth's goal of ensuring the ethics of kentucky healthcare providers is not attained by interfering with the patient physician relationship unnecessarily regulating the evidence-based practice of medicine and evidence-based practice that's another one don't say it anymore and subjecting physicians who deliver safe deliver safe legal and medically necessary care to civil liability and loss of licensing you were shutting businesses down and doctor's offices down if they wouldn't if they weren't forced masking children. You all were not allowing physicians to write exemptions for mask for children. You're still pushing for the COVID vaccine to be required in schools. Safe, leave, legal, and medically necessary care. The efficacy of some of these jabs that y'all been promoting. Are proven now. YouTube has has totally flip flopped on their stance on this. They know it was bullshit. Now you all have lost all credibility. And yes, we agree with you, Leptus. Now we got to totally destroy the system. Full full bore frontal assault on this thing, and reset it because you y'all. It's been it's so corrupt now. Or we got to just decide to go our separate ways and split the country and have y'all move somewhere and we move somewhere else. In sum, the Commonwealth has not shown that SB 150 discrimination on the basis of sex serves important governmental objectives and that discriminatory means employed are substantially related to the achievement of those objectives. This may be true if, when saying on the basis of sex, you mean that on the basis of sex... That a little kid thinks they are a little boy thinks they are a girl, regardless of having something hanging between their legs. That's not on the basis of sex. That's on the basis of reality. Of physical reality. Factual reality. <laughs> Number two, due process. Parent plaintiffs allege that SB 150 violates the right to make decisions concerning the care, custody, and control of their children under the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment. This right includes the right to direct their children's medical care as the Commonwealth acknowledges. The Commonwealth further acknowledges parents' fundamental right to make the ultimate decision from a list of available medical treatments, to make medical decisions for a child from a list of legally permissible treatments, or to choose among several available options. However, it asserts that the right is limited when the desired treatments are banned for a particular purpose. Okay. But what you're alleging, David Hale, is that once a treatment is in use, it can no longer be banned and be made illegal. So, therefore, they do always have the right, the unobstructed right, to that treatment forever in perpetuity after that. That's, I mean, I'm not being hyper- hyperbolic here. That's what he's saying. Parents may have a general right to make, from a list of legally available options, a particular hel- a particular healthcare choice, but there's no fundamental right to obtain for their children particular drugs for a particular prohibited use. But this argument presupposes that SB 150's prohibition is is lawful. That precise question is an issue in this case. Okay, so there. Are, let's, let's just keep reading. Unless and until SB 150 goes into effect, puberty blockers and hormones are available, legally permissible treatments for gender dysphoria. Indeed, all but one of the minor plaintiffs are already receiving them. Thus, the Commonwealth effectively concedes that the parent plaintiffs have a fundamental right under the due process clause to choose those treatments for their children. So basically, if at any point a doctor begins a treatment that flies under the radar or just is a taboo subject, and, I, and I'm not going to say that, uh, that's also the right that Republican lawmakers haven't dropped the ball in this. I'm not, I'm not trying to make that claim. That a state legislator cannot st- step in and discontinue that treatment. So we got to do it beforehand, I guess. I mean, but here's what I want to say: We literally just passed a law here in, st- here in Kentucky that states that certain rehab facilities. And this came from a Republican, Samra Hevron. She's the one down there. I'm not worried about if she thinks I'm an, she thinks she's an enemy or not. She is an enemy of mine. She's not conservative. That if you're in a, that if you're trying to be in a drug rehab center, let's say you go in there and they're requiring you to be, to be uh, detoxed and you go through that and now you're detoxed. okay. But then you go to a doctor and they prescribe you methadone, that those rehab facilities can't require you to come off methadone. So we have Republican lawmakers that are literally trying to do this, trying to act like this same stuff on the flip side. Methadone's a big money maker too for the Sackler family. They want, they want lifelong customers the same way that the gender people want lifelong customers. The bulk of the commonest argument is directed at a, claim, at a claim plaintiffs have not made, namely that parents have a fundamental right to obtain whatever drugs they want for their children without restriction. Well, listen here, David. David boy, Davy boy. Giving your ch- giving your children a drug that could castrate them for life, I would argue, is the definition of obtaining drugs for their children without restriction. There are because again, they're not trying to ban these drugs outright. They're just saying if you're if it's a little boy that thinks he's a girl. And that's the only thing that's wrong with this with this cat. It's the only thing. You can't stop them going through the most important physio- physiological change their body will ever go through simply because of that. If a state government can't say that that is illegal, then what the hell can they say is? Why can't they give them dr- alcohol and drugs? Why can't they give pop? Them, why can't they let them snort Xanax? Why can't they whip them with a the belt? I mean, I would definitely argue long-term hitting a damn kid with a belt is probably going to do much more good for them in the long in the long run than giving them a micropenis. Do you disagree with that? There's no fundamental right for a parent to obtain for a child whatever drug the parent wants, much less the child desires, no matter what. There's no limitless right of a parent to obtain drugs for a child. The general right to make the ultimate decision from a list of available medical treatments does not translate into some sort of affirmative, limitless right to obtain whatever drugs the parent wants for his or her children, carte blanche. Plaintiffs do not allege a limitless right to obtain whatever drugs the parent wants for his or her child. And I would say that the limitless right to obtain whatever drugs the parent wants for his or her child, carte blanche, is in fact what's going to happen because it's already... Go read the definition of what conversion therapy is. This is already a thing to where doctors are too afraid to say no because they know you're going to, you're going to get butt hurt and sue over it, so they just give it to you because that's where the, they know that the, the litigation isn't coming from that side of things. And the evidence attached to plaintiff's motion and reply makes, makes clear, makes clear. That puberty blockers and hormones barred by 150 are established medical treatments assen- essential to the well being of many transgender children. Okay, well then, why are 65 to 94% of them not transgender once they're adults? Davey, Davey boy. Every major medical organization in the United States agrees that these treatments are safe, effective, and appropriate when used in accordance with clinical guidelines. Every major medical organization in the United States agrees. I'm tired of this elitist rhetoric, this, uh, this expert class. Are, are, are people totally unaware of like, Marxist ideology? This idea that there are experts and essential workers means that you ain't worth a damn. It's what they're, it's what they're saying to you, that you're a dumbass. You cannot think for yourself We are under attack by these major medical organizations. I literally want to dismantle Big Pharma. I don't want them to be able to market, spend one dollar marketing in this state. I want them to know I'm coming for you. You better throw the book at me because I'm going to be down there railing so hard against you and every one of the every one of the legislators that you support. I'm using every ounce of charisma in my body to get everybody against you. This case is therefore distinguishable from those cited by the Commonwealth in which plaintiffs claimed a right to access treatment for themselves that was not already available or accepted. C. Washington versus Glucksburg. This suicide. Another one for conversion therapy. Experimental drugs that had not been proven safe and effective is one of the things here. Okay, had not been proven safe and effective. Shut up. It's been proven safe and effective. Shut your mouth. I'll show you a. I'll show you safe and effective. Say the hell away from my kids. And other people's kids. Moreover, the common att- contention that plaintiffs framed their asserted right at too high of a level of generality is puzzling given its acknowledgement of parents' substantive due process right to direct their children's medical care. Because this right is fundamental, government actions that burden the exercise of the right are subject to strict scrutiny and will be upheld only when they are narrowly tailored to a compelling governmental interest. While this does not mean that parents' control over their children is without limit, and limitations on parents' control over their children are particularly salient in the context of medical treatment, The fact that a pediatric treatment involves risk does not automatically transfer the power to choose the treatment from the parents to some agency or officer of the state. Some, some risk, some. Preventing a child that simply because they think they're a girl or think they're a boy when they're not to keep their body from undergoing the most important physiological event their bodies will ever go, uh, take. Possibly preventing that is, is some risk. It's the risk. T-H-E-E. The, it's the risk. The most important one. Here the record shows that, p- that the puberty blockers and hormones barred by C-150 are well-established evidence-based treatments for gender dysphoria and minors. And as discussed above, the restrictions imposed by SB150 are not designed to serve the state of governmental interest, nor does the Commonwealth even attempt to show that SB150 employs the least restrictive means necessary to achieve its purpose. You're right, there is no middle ground here. You either let them take them or you either let them take them because they feel like they're something they're not, or you don't. There is no... There is no middle ground. When constitutional rights, this is irreparable harm, in, irreparable injury, harm, harm to others in public interest. This is their last claim here. When constitutional rights are threatened or impaired, irreparable injury is presumed. Moreover, plaintiffs have submitted declarations stating that the treatments have significantly improved the minor plaintiffs' condition and that eliminating access to those treatments in Kentucky would cause serious consequences, including severe psych- psychological distress and the need to move out of state. Carmen argues that the minor plaintiffs and other children who received gender care will suffer as a result, as set out above, however, the evidence before the court shows otherwise. If allowed to take effect, SB-150 would eliminate treatments that have already significantly benefited six of the seven minor plaintiffs and prevent other transgender children from accessing these beneficial treatments in the future. It should go without saying that enjoining enforcement of SB-150 will not result in any child being forced to take duty blockers. Or hormones, rather the treatments will continue to be limited to those patients whose parents and healthcare providers decide in accordance with the ethical standard of care such that such treatment is appropriate. You didn't have a problem making all the damn kids wear a mask. You wouldn't let a, you wouldn't let a parent choose to not wear a mask in schools. To not wear a diaper on their on their kids' face. But you won't let them choose to stop puberty. I got, I got you. I got you. I mean, I mean, listen, that to- it totally makes sense. I get I mean, I, I've read 13 pages. I've been, t- I've been totally wrong here. I've been totally wrong. You're right. You, you've been right about everything. Psych! Again, have already significantly benefited six of the seven minor plaintiffs. Have you, have you Googled suicidality rates in trans people before? I think I said it earlier. This is literally codifying that improvement. Simply means instant gratification. It's the same thing as feeling better for a couple days because you found some more oxy's. Oh God, I'm true. Oh God, I'm going through withdrawals. I'm going through withdrawals. Give me some more. Give me some more booze. Oh my God, I feel better now because I got some more booze. That's. I mean, we know long term. sixty five ninety five to 95 percent of these people are not trans. Don't identify as trans anymore. We also know that it could stunt their physiological growth forever, prevent them from having children forever. I don't really care if it makes them feel good in the next five days. Take them to Build-A-Bear. Go get some ice cream. Go to Five Below and buy buy them a bunch of shit that costs $4, $5 or less. Let them watch YouTube and get a bunch of dopamine hits. Let them stop the growth of their pecker, okay? Finally, because it is always in the public interest to prevent the violation of a party's constitutional rights, the factor also weighs in favor of injunctive relief. <clears throat> the Commonwealth suggests that any injunction should be limited in scope to cover only those plaintiffs who are already taking the drugs in question. With the fact that some minors experiencing gender dysphoria may choose not to pursue the gender transition procedures covered by the act and therefore would not be harmed by its enforcement does not mean that a facial injunction would not be, be overbroad. Proper focus of the facial constitutional inquiry is the group for whom the law is a restriction, not the group for whom the law is irrelevant. The Commonwealth notably fails to offer a more narrowly tailored injunction that would remedy plaintiff's injuries, and as as plaintiffs point out, it would be virtually impossible to fashion one. A facial injunction is therefore appropriate. I'm going to end there, and I'm going to bring it home with this. So in instances where pornography is in a school's library, a judge will issue an injunction stating that, because they're supposed to do it narrowly, right? They'll issue an injunction that only says that parent can sign off and saying they don't want their kid to get that book. But all the other kids can still access to pornography. But in a sense where where they're trying to protect kids and find out if it's okay for them to be given putty blockers that can stunt their growth forever. Instead of only saying this small group of people that's saying they're being their their rights are being violated, they can still do it, but no one else can because that we, there we may be harm being done here, and we need to see what's going on. They're literally saying everybody can, can go out and get get as much of these services as they can find a doctor that'll give it to them. There were there were, there were cases brought forth over masking, and in which the in which the school district or the people that challenged school district won. And only those kids were let to not wear mask because of this ruling in the in the smallest smallest like realm as possible. A judge wouldn't say, "Yep, yeah, you, you you're right. Kids shouldn't have to wear a mask. You can wear it as many as the wants to can wear them, but you can't make any of them wear them. You can't make anybody." Because they're right about there may be side effects, and if a parent doesn't want there to be, doesn't want this to take place, doesn't want take that risk, they don't have to. They won't rule broadly there, but they'll rule broadly that the gender, the gender ideological industry can wreak, continue to wreak havoc and make the buku bucks on some on on principle grounds. Well, David Hale, I'm gonna say it again kiss my big redneck behind you you have furthermore diminished the court in any respect that cons- cons- traditional conservative christian conservatives have for federal courts and you made even more of a case for why we have to enact legislation specifically to piss off the federal government and tell them to get out of our damn business I don't really care what the, what, you, what, the, what the United States of America says anymore. The, the, the Constitution is officially a joke because nobody's willing to uphold it. Everybody wants to uphold judicial precedent. I, I'm talking about the Constitution. You're trampling all over it. And if y'all ain't going to back down... Then it's time for the real men in this country, the real like the real parent, the people that are that are not scared to stand up and say enough's enough and we don't want to be a part of the team anymore. I might join Colin Kaepernick. I might I might kneel. I might kneel from now on, on the for the national anthem. Cause the people in California and these gender theory people, they don't represent my values. And I know they don't re- represent a lot of your all's values either so hope i just gave you a good little background on, on this uh, on this lawsuit follow me on twitter way too much you can find me on youtube rumble for my video show just search way too much there as well or you can listen to me on apple spotify you know any of the audio platforms but make sure you make sure you like subscribe comment share all that stuff really need you to help support my work if you if you if you appreciate it uh Certainly appreciate all you guys. Thanks for listening. It's time for me to get the football practice. Talk to you all soon.